I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 155 of Shades of Brown. I think we took a two-week more than a two week break? Was that two weeks or that's three weeks? I thought, I think. I mean, we're just bi weekly. We are bi weekly. Yeah, we, we don't like yeah. it's It's like a loose bi weekly schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because really, we, we wanted to come back to tell you about a new support article posted at support.verizon.com. And what it's actually, what, what it, it's, it started from a tweet from a Verizon a customer service rep that said, Are you noticing that your battery life is draining faster than normal? One way to conserve battery life is just to turn on LTE. Just go to your cellular data settings and switch it to LTE. So, you know, you never compromise on 5G until it comes to battery life, according to Verizon support. I know. I know, right? Uh, amazing. Amazing. Turns out it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it uses more battery. So let's, let's start. We have, uh, some video. We are, we're going to do basically two loose segments. We have a video game segment and a Android segment. You know, pretty typical. Uh, so let's start with video games. We have a we have a bunch of uh, bunch of bunch of stories uh, that happened over the past couple of weeks. Uh, the first one, uh, this one is for all of y'all uh, uh, keeping up with uh, the hit uh, the the EA's live service shenanigans. Uh, the news about the uh, as some of you, I think, I, I guess we should pro- provide some context that EA was, EA and Bioware, uh, uh, were working on, uh, an overhaul of Anthem because Anthem's like original, like release and the, the subsequent, like release model and like the content and, and the game, how the game was designed didn't like work. Like it, it was, it failed. Like it was a failed project. Uh, well, basically, they're trying to do what um, what they did Final Fantasy fourteen, Robin Born, right? Fourteen, yes. They're trying to overhaul the game, right? Like they're trying to like rejigger like the systems, rejigger the mechanic. I don't know if they, I don't know details of the overhaul, but like they, it was it was a pretty massive project, right? Uh, Bioware was working on, on that, and it was uh, rumors about this being canceled, so this overhaul being canceled, started coming out. Uh, last week or so, and then finally it was confirmed by EA that they had indeed uh, killed the uh, the game's uh, overhaul project. Uh, there was an official uh, Bioware blog post, uh, which will be linked. It's just linked. It, like there's the Arch technical link. There's a link to it in there. Uh, but. So they are going to be the staff that we're working on this overhaul project will be reassigned to to other Bioware projects, particularly Dragon Age Four and the next uh, massive. Um, I'm not like I, I don't think any of us are surprised, right? Like this, this was like I think when the when the overhaul project was first announced, I was like, surely they are not actually going to like work on this, like this seems like they're just throwing good money after bad, right? Like, it feels like the project was flawed so, like, so fundamentally from the beginning that EA would actually never actually spend the time and money and the resources required to rework this failed project when they could be working on 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 the on the next set of projects that Bioware, like, needs resources for, like, Dragon Age 4 and Mass Effect, Right. Like it, 
it didn't I like personally it never made sense for for them to even have this remake uh like rehaul project like it's just sort of and it clearly seems like like people uh like people departed from bioware uh casey hudson who was like uh the who, who was it? Casey Hudson was the project lead on this overhaul project, I think. Sounds right to me. Oh, no, no. He moved to Dragon Age like before this hap- even happened, right? Like The person leading it like actually just jumps to the Dragon Age before they even made this decision. Because the lead on, on Dragon Age left, right? And there was a vacancy there. So they pulled in staff even before they, you know, like... Okay. Uh, so, yeah, like, it's... It's... Uh, it's it's It wasn't... It wasn't looking good. And, like, there was the only... Only thing that's Bioware, the only thing Bioware is releasing this year is the Mass Effect remasters, uh, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which is coming out uh, in May. So I just think they have a, like a small team working on that. I would assume it's mostly done at this point. Uh, probably mostly done because you know May is not that far away. Uh, so that that's coming out, and, and I'm assuming all those people, it's going to be full steam for Dragon Age Four. Uh, and I, I, I think like Anthem being dead is one thing, and I'm just mostly worried about Bioware at this point as a, as a studio going forward, like under EA. Is that as we all know, EA has a reputation for being uh, the studio killer, right? Like this is not the first time EA will have killed it. If anybody who remembers Dead Space. Uh, remembers what happened to the studios that studio that made Dead Space. Uh, it's not around anymore. Um, but yeah, so it's I'm worried that if Dragon Age Four is not a success, as EA uh, oh, will undoubtedly have high expectations of Dragon Age Four, um, then Bioware is going to either get shuttered or be relegated to be a support studio. Right? Uh, like I like I like I'm not. Like it, it, it's it's not looking too hot for Bioware as of right now. Like the the future is looking a little bit uh, unclear. Uh, I don't. Do you have any? Do you have any thoughts on Bioware and Mass Effect? I don't know if you like Mass Effect or Dragon Age. Like I'm not really a huge fan of either series, but you know it'd be sad to see uh, like a big Western RPG uh, franchise sort of dying like that. Would be quite unfortunate. I think there's sort of two ways we can look at the at, at EA right now with how they treat Bioware because there's like one perspective that if you think about it, if we're looking at Western RPGs, Microsoft just bought Bethesda, so EA actually has a lot of room now to if they like the Galaxy Brain take is Microsoft's probably going to make all the big Bethesda Western RPGs you know be um, you know be Xbox or Game Pass exclusive, even be it if streamed or whatever. I imagine they're probably not going to go to Sony platforms anymore. So if you're EA. You probably, I would probably invest more into Bioware because now it's like, well, we can just be the default option on PlayStation because, like, when's the next time Rockstar is going to release another Red Dead game? Right? Eight years. That's. I mean, I don't think that's that's. Uh, yeah, that's that's not looking. Yeah. Ubisoft doesn't. I mean, Ubisoft does their own thing, but I don't think anyone compares like a Ubisoft RPG to it. Ubisoft. Like, look, I, I, no, I, 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 yeah, Ubisoft doesn't really make. RPGs in the sense that the, the way Mass Effect and Dragon Age are RPGs. Yeah, they're more like traditional right? RPGs. Yeah, the Dragon Age for like Dragon Age and Mass Effect like are more more traditional RPGs in the sense. 
I would imagine the next Mass Effect is gonna like borrow, or Dragon Age Four is gonna borrow like heavily on like open world elements for sure, but just because that's sort of like the design meta in the video game world right now. Well, you know what they should do? Just take the fucking flying mechanism out of Anthem and put it into Mass Effect because it would make sense. It would make sense in a Mass Effect game to have like spaceships flying, like or people flying in suits. Like I don't think that's outside because that's the only good thing from Anthem. That was literally the movement system was the only good thing from that game. Yeah, I've heard I've heard people say that they really liked the movement system. That it was pretty like pretty fun to actually fly around in, in your little jetpack. Like, sure, you can borrow that from Mass Effect. That sounds that sounds fine to me. Like, I like I don't have a problem with. It. Like, yeah, that, like I, the thing about me is that I played the possibly the worst Mass Effect game, which is Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, I did finish it, which is, uh, I did. And the thing is, I know it's like massively flawed as a video game, but I can see why people like Mass Effect. Like, I can see it. Like, I can, like, when I played Mass Effect Andromeda, like, I was like, this is like not that good, but like, I can see why people like Mass Effect as a series. Like, why people get so attached to the characters, the world building, like the story, like, why people are. They're like Mass Effect fans, or some Mass Effect fans are like really hardcore. Like they're like it's it's a whole thing for them. Like it's a it's a big deal. Like it's a big it's a big franchise. Um, and I can see why. And like I, I'm hoping that like the next Mass Effect. And I'm actually curious. The Mass Effect remaster is coming out. And I never actually played the first three games. I tried to play the. I tried to play Mass Effect One. That has uh, not aged well. Like is, that I have has the backwards not, compatibility version it, on the Xbox. Yes, and, it's it is very rough to play, and not just from a visual standpoint, just from like a game. The control, so, the movement, it's yes. so janky for Mass it's Effect very One. Janky. It's it's very janky. So I'm I'm actually curious. I'm I'm looking forward to the remasters. Uh, I, that might actually make me like actually play Mass Effect One through Three because while I've seen like bits and of the story from by having people uh, like having watched people play the games, but I want to sort of play them myself. Well, nice thing is for, I get on game pass. So, you know, I could try it out without being, cause EA plays in game pass now. All right. All right. EA play. It's coming into EA play, I guess. Like, so that's, that's, that's happening. That's good. Um, so yeah, uh, that's the EA news. Uh, well, not, not all, well, all of the EA news. There's some, there are some more, uh, rumors, uh, like inside sources, from Bloomberg this time around. Um, there was a report that uh, development, like B- uh, Bioware was able to like essentially change Dragon Age 4's sort of development model to focus, like remove it away from uh, EA's like uh, whole online multiplayer mandate. Like they were basically like, EA, we are going to just make this a single player RPG. Like that's what it is. And that's what we are going to make. Right. I, I feel like, I feel like there was a lot of contention about this probably inside EA. I would imagine like this was like a lot of like high profile conflict. Like I feel like EA is just like, we want to make money on these games and Bioware is like, we want to make a single player RPG. And the single player RPGs do sell, obviously. Like that's that's I mean that's that's I mean everybody like Square Enix keeps proving this over and over again, but like people like like don't seem to care. But or even uh, on the Bethesda like, side, right? Like the only Bethesda games that actually make money are the uh 
are yeah, like this, the ones that aren't online, right? Like Skyrim's not a service. How many? Okay, like how many remasters of Skyrim are we up to at this point? Like seriously, like that that thing is gonna get remastered onto like uh, fifteen generations from now for some reason. Uh, like it is like single player games do sell. Just that EA, like obviously every AAA publisher wants that hashtag recurring revenue. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't. They, they don't want to sell you a game and be that be the game you buy. Like you buy like, I don't know, like $70 or $80 a video game. And you're like, I'm good. Like they want you to keep, keep paying. Right. They want to do, they want, they want to, they want to have, they want to have you spending MMO money without actually making an MMO. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they want you to like spend, keep spending uh money on it. So it is essentially like a conflict of like business models. Uh, but, um, like this is surprisingly good news. Like this is, this is the only thing that has. I'm like, okay, maybe Bioware can actually make a good Bioware, like good, like, like a good single player RPG. Uh, like maybe if EA is not like shoving their fucking microtransaction model, uh, this stuff in there, like we can have something good, uh, and focused on on the actual important bits of gameplay, uh. So that's that's good. Uh, like, how, like, how do you even? I guess I don't know. I think Dragon Age Inquisition had some multiplayer. I, I never played Dragon Age games, uh, so I don't know if you played Dragon Age Inquisition. Well, I mean, the the I feel like the uh, the canonical example of how on paper bolting on a live service aspect to a game that probably should have been single player only, you know, goes to shit is um, Avengers, right? Like they, I imagine if they like did it for the the Bioware side or not the Bioware the Dragon Age side of it, right? They might have. It. I just imagine Avengers every time I think of like a traditional single player game getting live service shit added onto it. Yeah, that, that that's yeah, that's that's a good example. Like I, I, I sometimes I wonder this is uh, Ubisoft doesn't do this anymore, but there was a phase of, of Assassin's Creed games where Ubisoft added multiplayer just because multiplayer was hot. Like it was bad, bro. Like I, I still don't understand the appeal. I still don't understand who those Assassin's Creed multiplayer modes were for. Because like those, like I am very, like it's. I'm, I'm glad Ubisoft has stopped putting multiplayer modes where they don't belong, uh, and they just put microtransactions everywhere instead. I'm not sure that's uh, better, but you know, here we are. Uh, so, so yeah, that's that's fine. Um, that is, I uh, like. That is the EA related news. I, I don't imagine we're going to hear much else from EA outside of the Mass Effect remastered release in May. So, strap well, in. I mean, hopefully, hopefully we get a good Need for Speed game this year. I heard the last one was okay. Like I heard it wasn't <laughs> bad, but it was okay. No, uh, I mean, it was fine. It was serviceable. Uh, it was better than the one before that. I don't even remember the names anymore because, bro, I, uh, I. I don't pay attention to the Need for Speed franchise anymore, mostly because it makes me sad. Uh, and like, honestly, like it's, it's sort of, I guess it's partially like my fault or partially my sort of nostalgia for the series sort of clouds my judgment on them. But like also at the same time, like a lot of the newer series don't seem to have the same, like I, with the late with Need for Speed heat, it's sort of like it feels like yeah there's a little bit of that need for speed energy that that was there that, that made me like games like uh most wanted or carbon sorry we have to say most wanted one 
Not Most Wanted and Most Wanted, the second one. Yes, Most Wanted one. No, no, no. The, the original Most Wanted. Uh, Need for Speed Most Wanted, the one with the campy cutscenes uh, and the and the weird yellow filter on them. Uh, like that Most Wanted. Like that was a, that was the game that like that was the game I played the most of when I was a kid, and that one that's the one that really sort of made me love this like Need for Speed series. I played. Need for Speed, uh, Porsche Unleashed. I think I played a bit of, uh, I played a bit of, maybe I played a bit of Carbon. I made uh, a bit of Pro Street. Uh, but I really, what I, I liked was like the most wanted, like sort of gameplay of like the, the, the cop chase sequences were extremely well done. Like it was amazing for me to play that game at that point. Like that was, I think, where you could just like drive around and like, uh, like it was an open world ish. Like this was, this was an early, Early in the open world era, right? Like really early, early. This is not even. You know, I don't know if you could really call it open world, but it is. Like it was like you could drive around the world, so it, I guess you could call it open world. But it was really early era of open world, so it was pretty jank. And but like you could see the potential in open world games, uh, and and the, and the it was it was really good. Like I, I don't think Need for Speed has really captured that thin, that energy since then, mostly because I don't think EA can. I don't think the people who like this sort of mentality you need to make that sort of game, I feel like doesn't exist at EA anymore. Like these people who made most wanted probably have moved on to other studios and like probably retired or at this point. Like it's like I don't think that sort of desire or even like if if even if people add uh people at the studios that make Need for Speed these days, like what is it, Criterion and like Well you probably the problem you run into if making a Need for Speed game nowadays is that the upper brass is gonna be like, Hey, how do we monetize it? You can't you can't earn cars, you gotta buy them. Yeah, like Need for Speed Heat had a, a, a very interesting like customization system, and like it was actually somewhat innovative and like somewhat interesting. But like it was there was the usual EA live service garbage on it, and like I'm just I'm just like I I don't like I don't I don't even wanna I I'll, I'm just gonna what I'm trying to say is just gonna keep playing Forza Horizon for forever because apparently that's that's where we are. Uh, so that's about. Uh, there was a Sony uh, event. Sony, what is it? What did they call their state, state of, of play. play? State of play. Uh, what? So what? <laughs> this was another one of those events that, like, really could have been a press release, but they they made it an event. Uh, is one of the all third party stuff, right? Like, so upfront, I'm just gonna say there's no first party news in this. Like, there's Sony. This was strictly uh, a third-party showcase. Uh, so first, the, the biggest thing on the on the list is uh, Final Fantasy VII remake for the PS5, like a like a remake of the remake, I guess, a remaster of the remake. God, I hate these words. Sorry, given it's Final Fantasy VII remake, it's Final Fantasy VII remake. Oh, oh my God! Oh my God! Uh, so yes, there is a PS5 version of Final Fantasy VII a remake coming out with obviously upgraded uh, visuals, um, better better texture quality, like 60 FPS options, um, uh, like better lighting, better better like um, I mean I hope I hope they fix all the texture loading bugs. Uh, also, a better price, you know, seventy dollars. That's what we love to see. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, that's happening. Yeah, so at all, do you want to spend a hundred Canadian on video games now? Is it a hundred Canadian actually? Is that what it translates to? Yeah, I mean it's 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 getting close to hundred. I mean it has been 
basically 90 to 100 Canadian if you want to buy a game these days, uh, a AAA video game. Uh, so yeah, the, our, our, our currency has been at that rate. So 90 Canadian to 100 Canadian. Yeah, it's going to be 100 Canadian. So that's just that's, fucking expensive. That's like, that's, well, the yeah, thing is, is it's uh, like, you, like, can you imagine if you buy like one AAA video game a month? Bro, that's like a, a, a grand on video games. Uh, plus, uh, but uh, I mean, that's uh, people are not buying uh, AAA video game a month. I don't think that's that's the normal spending. Oh, I mean, most people just buy uh, one video game a year, pretty much. So it, it doesn't like change it too much, but yeah, it's 100 Canadian, probably. Uh, I haven't checked, I don't have a PS5, so I don't know. But if any, if any Canadians with a PS5 are listening, let me know what the price is uh, for, for these new Sony titles. So yes, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, they're calling it, five, is it Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade? God, I hate Square Enix. God, I hate Square Enix so much. Uh, what the hey, fuck listen, this still isn't as bad as what? the Kingdom Hearts titles, right? <laughs> yeah, what is 3.5? It's not like 3.5 Remix or whatever the fuck. Um, whatever the fuck, Kingdom Hearts. Oh, speaking of Kingdom Hearts, we'll, we'll, no, no, we, let's talk about this. Uh, what there's a bit of DLC coming, right? Like that's the other thing. Uh, there is with this new version, there's going to be. Uh, oh, you have to buy it. It doesn't come with the PS5 version. You have to buy it separately. Uh, is uh, a new episode featuring? How do you say this name? Yuffie, Yuffie or is it Yuff- yep, Yuffie? Okay, Yuffie. Okay. Okay, so far, Yuffie is coming to a new, like a new DLC content in in the, in the remake. Uh, not the remake. In the the, the PS5 version, it's gonna. Like be released, like they're gonna release the DLC. Uh, it's a, it's gonna be like a standalone purchase. Uh, like uh, they haven't released the pricing for the DLC, so I don't know uh, what it's gonna be like uh, to buy it for my PS4 version. Like I want to play it. You have to upgrade to the PS5 version, so you're spending thirty dollars on it. And if you buy the PS5 one, you just have to buy the seventy dollar version of it if you don't already own it. That's I think how the pricing works for it. That's that's not good like i i uh, yeah, not sure. I, I i might be wrong here but i do not believe this it's not coming to ps4 yeah it's very confusing because they say okay so uh it says like there's a screenshot from the press conference uh if you own a copy of the playstation 4 version upgrade to the playstation 5 version for free and save data will also carry over so i would imagine if you have a digital copy of Final Fantasy Seven remake which i do uh, like if you buy, uh, if you if you if you have a PS Five, you you get that upgrade for free. Uh, that you don't have to pay anything for. If you have the you have the disc version of the game, you to upgrade. This is this is this is gonna be good. The to upgrade to the, the PS Five digital version, uh, you need a PS Five console with a disc drive. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> that's that's just the that's the most Sony shit. Like. I I mean I can I see why because the disc is what has the license on it right like I'm not sure like I mean this I get this restriction like this is like the disc is the license when you when you buy these things like the PS4 disc is the license um, so I can see why you needed a console with a disc drive so you know you can read the license and validate it but like it's just like can you imagine like seeing this and being like somebody who had a like a disc copy of, but bought like a disc plus PS5 because you know it's it's the Neonis digital, you know, it's the Neonis, and you you just like you just like you have to buy the game over again if you have that. Like that's that's kind of that's kind of sucky. Um, 
So it's it's it looks like I'm not gonna like there's some screenshots, but I don't want to judge these screenshots right too much because uh, they're not full res, and I want to I want to like see some actual like we want the digital high, foundry high, video basically digital foundry footage, yeah, like high high res footage on this comparing the differences from the from the uh, PS4 version, like the upgraded textures. The lighting, I'm curious how the lighting is actually going to be improved. And I'm curious about the Yuffie DLC. Like, I, I don't really know anything about Yuffie as a character. Uh, she has a cool weapon like that, uh, that, that really looks quite neat. Uh, so I'm curious. I only know Yuffie from uh, from Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I see. Of she course. Is, she is one of the... Play- no, not playable, but one of the uh, Final Fantasy characters in the, in the Kingdom Hearts series. Oh. Okay. Okay. So she is. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. She has this like. I don't know what her weapon is called, but it looks like a like a giant version of a ninja shuriken or something. Like um, I don't know. So what the it's thing called. that I'm interested in is that they're doing a DLC based on her. When I believe her and Vincent were optional characters in the first Final Fantasy VII Who is game. Vincent? Who is Vincent? I don't think Dirge of Cerberus. If you ever heard of Dirge of Cerberus, he is the main character of that. Game. Is I don't think Vincent is in the remake yet. Right, like he's is Vincent in the remake? I, I he's in the Gotcha sure. game. <laughs> he's in the he's in the Gotcha one, the mobile one. Because because of the way the remakes are structured, like because they're going to be uh, released in parts. I don't know if Vincent is in the first of them. Uh, I'm pretty sure my like it's been a while. I've been I've been I've, uh, it's been a while since I played the remake. Uh, so I don't exactly remember if Vincent was. I don't think a, Vincent's a, a minor in this, he's, he's in the world though. Hey, he's in uh, the world. Uh, probably yeah, but I, I don't think he's like a. A main or even a side character in the in the first of the of the remake games. Uh, so, either way, I think it's I think it's good to have a Yuffie uh, Del DSC. I think that's fine because that I imagine the next part's not coming out for a little bit. P Square Enix is working on um, Final Fantasy 16, so I imagine you're probably going to want to get 16 out before they go ahead and launch um, any new entries in the seven series. But listen, listen, we got we got that good shit because y'all got phones, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. What, what, what's to tell us about? Tell us about why we need phones. Just, uh, what, what do we need phones for? So, earlier in the year, the trademark came out for Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, and you, those of you who are familiar with Final Fantasy VII may have heard of Crisis Core before. Crisis Core is an extremely good, extremely good PSP game that has never been playable, only been playable on the PSP, right? And it's super good. And it basically takes place with, um, no, it's not Vincent, Zach. Zach from Final Fantasy VII. Before, like, the events of the remake, right? It basically, so you know how, do you know how in the remake at the end, where, this is not a spoiler, where you see Vincent and Cloud walking together and Cloud's limping? That's how Crisis Core ends, with Vincent dropping off Cloud for the beginning of Final Fantasy VII. So, we heard Ever Crisis, and we're like, oh, is this, like, the next, is the next entry going to be, like, start as, like, a prelude with Vincent, right? And then go into the events, what happens after the first one? Nope. It is a mobile, mobile game. It is a, uh, forms part of the compilation of Final Fantasy VII, a series of media spinoffs from that game. And it's going to reimagine the entire timeline and all the alternative games. And so, it's, um, do you want to know who, who the, who one of the creative directors is? Our good friend Tetsuya Nomura. No, oh no! Oh no! 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 Oh no! No! Oh no! Oh, this is this is this is going off the rails. And also, what kind of game is it? <laughs> what kind of game is Free it? Free to play mobile gotcha game. 
Do you know what's the worst side about it? Or worst part about it? This actually isn't the worst game they announced. The worst one they announced was the Battle Royale game, Final Fantasy VII, The First Soldier. Oh, yeah. I was going to get, I was about to ask about that. Uh, so, what's this Battle Royale nonsense? Uh, is this just like, uh, just like they just decided to put the, is it just, is it going to have new stuff in it or is it just going to be like a Final Fantasy themed Battle Royale? Like, like what, like what is the, like, that, like, all I, I all I know is whatever this game is, I want no part of it. <laughs> That's all I know. Yeah, I I do not have any interest in playing a Final Fantasy Battle Royale. Like, I've, like I like I do not like like there are good battle like I like playing Battle Royales uh, occasionally, but I do not want a Final Fantasy Battle Royale. That's who asked for this. My question is, who asked for this? You know what I'm starting to realize though with Square Enix, like. He used to think that the the reason Kingdom Hearts was a mess was because Nomura can't write stories, right? But, you know, I mean, mean, that's that's also true. That's true. But (laughs) I think what's actually happening at Square Enix is that, no, they're doing this shit on purpose because they know that they'll just print money if they resell the same thing 3,000 times. No, 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 absolutely. This is is one of those things I... uh, I, I, it comes up when, especially with Kingdom Hearts. Uh, now we talk about that. Is that Kingdom Hearts as a series? I feel like really disrespects its fan base and milks it to an egregious amount, right? Like I, I like I, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but like it just feels like they know what they're doing at this point. Like the reason it's not- they release Epic Store exclusive PC ports. I'd be like 200 and something dollars. <laughs> oh yeah. I was going to get to when that. you can buy the entire collection for like 40 bucks, even on, on the PSN right now. Uh, Joseph's going to buy me the collection just so I can, as a troll, like if you buy me that collection, I'm going to be obligated to stream it. So that's, that sucks. <laughs> I mean, but honestly I could spend 200 bucks on buying you that collection for fun, or I could buy you a new XLR microphone and get in my life would be better for that. <laughs> honestly. Sure. I mean, the microphone would be nice, but yeah, like, yeah, like I, I feel like Square Enix knows exactly what it's doing. They, they know that they're, that they have a dedicated I mean it's just like it's this Nintendo strat bro like it's the Disney strat you just re-release shit right like you just re- remake and re-release like that's what the like that's just free money oh, not free money but like it's 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 a, it's a lot of money like you can just keep doing the same shit over and over again so uh it's also it's weird to me that Square Enix is doing that and then we have Sony over here who also closed Japan Studio right with the right before they you know announced the state of play it's like, I don't, it's weird. It's weird to me that Sony's just being like, yeah, we don't want to do JRPGs anymore. That's all in Square Enix. And they're just putting way more money into all these Western studios. Like, because there's obviously money to be made in JRPGs, especially even people in the US who are West will buy them. No, no, there's huge market. I mean, JRPGs have been huge for a while, right? Like, uh, it's one of those things every time I, every time I, sometimes like I still hear about like how Japanese developers and publishers are surprised that their, that their RPGs sell so well in the West. And then they're like, bro, where have you been for like the past like 20 years? Like it's, it's people want to play these games. People want to play your, your anime RPGs. Like, just let them have it. I, I don't know. To, to try not to exploit them with uh, predatory monetization models. But, uh, I mean, at least most of the things that Square Enix releases are not mobile games. Uh, so I'll give that they're not. That is incorrect. That is incorrect. Oh, is that not true? Is that, is that, is that, am I have you, have that? you, so I would say whenever you get some time on your iPhone, go to the Square Enix developer page in the App Store 
just take a look at all the entries they have oh jesus this is gonna make me very sad isn't it like that's it's it's all gotcha games there are so many fucking final fantasy mobile games i mean it's serving a market people are buying them or playing them but it's like yeah, people want to play these games. That's that's there's a market here, and they are red. Square Enix knows that they can make money off that. Uh, so that's at least they still make these single player RPGs. So I'm like, it's not a total loss. Jesus, imagine if you get like an XP buff thing, like a Ubisoft game in the next Final Fantasy remake. Lord, that would be sad because I really did enjoy like the entirely single player experience of the Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, no online features whatsoever. Like I, 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 like that is extremely nice. Like I do hope that they do not shove any stuff like that in there. Uh, what else did Sony talk, like Sony uh, showcase? Uh, there was uh, well, this is uh, this is not a f- first party, but it is. Fair, the most closest to a first party this one is uh how's mark right is a longtime sony collaborator uh they are making a game called uh returnal i thought this was announced like at the last year's like uh event like the e3 showcase or whatever right like uh returnal um third person shooter that looks like uh, a roguelite like uh risk of rain 2 um looks looks okay like looks visually quite quite interesting I, i'm curious how the gameplay feels uh that's, it's that's also what 70 dollars too just to just to keep i'm gonna keep pointing it out i'm gonna keep pointing out but all of these games are 70 dollars all of these games are 70 dollars this is that is the new that is the new price that sony is setting for the for the for these titles uh, not Sony setting them. Well, I guess I mean any Sony first or second party games like how the Hasbro games, or even like huge AAA titles are going to be set at seventy dollars now in the PS Five. Uh, so yeah, this Hasbro game is going to have seventy dollars. It looks it all really depends on what this gameplay is like. I've never played a Hasbro game before, uh, so I, like I don't I don't really have any expectations. Um, which, I'm just I'm just looking at this game though, and I'm like, nothing on this, even from the uh, gameplay trailers they've had, nothing makes me think to myself, yeah, I'd spend seventy dollars at launch for this. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look like a seventy dollar. It looks like it looks like a thirty to forty dollar title to me. I don't know about you, but uh, it looks like this looks like that. But we'll see. We'll see. I will say, Solar Ash looks a lot nicer though. Like Solar Ash looks pretty interesting. Uh, so Solar Ash is being developed by. Who is that a first party? No, it's not no, a first it's party. Indie. It's an indie game. Indie, indie game. Um, who is developing it? Uh, there's there's not a name in this uh, in this article. So can you like look up who Solar Ash? The team who made Hyperlight Drifter. Let me check Solar Ash. Heart Machine. Heart Machine. Okay, so Hyperlight Drifter was a platformer. I guess not a platformer. That's like a puzzle platformer. Like uh, I, I, I do. I think I have Hyperlight Drifter on my Steam account, but it's it's not really a game that I am interested in playing. It's not really my kind of game. But this is their second game, I think. From looking at their website, let me see how many games they put out. So they put out Heart Machine or Hyper Heart Machine's a studio name. They put out Hyperlight Drifter. Let me see what else they got. Yeah, no, it looks like they've yeah Solar Light and those two are the only ones they put out. Okay, so this is their second game. I, uh, the article says that it looks like a cross between Jet Set Radio and Shadow of the Colossus, and I can, s- which is not that does not seem bad. That seems fine. Um, I'm curious, as always with these indie titles. Uh, my opinion is that they, they they often look nice, but like gameplay is really going to be the uh, thing that I'm curious about. Because I mean, 
uh, at least with Hardmark, uh, Hyperlight Drifter has really tight and solid gameplay. So, like, there is that. So, there's much to look forward to, I'd imagine, from a gameplay perspective. But, you know. Yeah, so this one's coming to PC later this year, too. So, you could probably check it out. It's going to be on Epic Game Store. Oh, that's fine. Um, the third one, uh, the last one that they did, uh, they showed off was uh, the arcade uh, Leon game, uh, Deathloop. The immersive sim, I guess that's that's the genre. Uh, immersive sim game, you know the people who made from the people who made Dishonored. Uh, so it looks like I'm still okay, like I just I like I enjoy immersive sims. I enjoyed dis- the Dishonored games, like first and the second one. Prey was fine. Uh, Prey mostly I didn't enjoy mostly because it's because of its horror elements. I'm not a really a big horror person. Uh, it's it, Prey was more horror themed. But this this looks more my more my alley. Like uh, I'd love to play it, a new arcade game. This they always nail like like the gameplay really well. So um, so that's the uh, so what's happening? Is, so this is going to be a PS console, but this was like Bethesda got acquired. Uh, so does that mean this game is like not going to be an exclusive? Like, what's like the deal with this? Like, this is the one thing that's well, we don't know, right? Because technically, the deal isn't closed yet, so Bethesda can't be like, "Hey, we're canceling this until that deal closes," right? Because assuming the deal gets like the government step in, like, "Yeah, Microsoft, you can't buy it," then it'd be it'd be silly for Bethesda to like kill off any exclusive deals until they know like it's been confirmed for sure by all the agencies. Right. That's 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 probably fair. Yeah. So as for now, it's still a uh, PlayStation console exclusive. Right. Uh, I don't think we ever got. Was it like a timed exclusive? Like it feels like it was a time. We never got any indication, but it probably is. So I don't think Sony does like. They usually don't do like full on console exclusives, or they do console exclusives, right? But they usually don't do like you know not PC only console exclusives. Right, right, right. So I would imagine it's probably like a year before it like gets released on like Xbox and uh, and then Xbox platforms. Uh, so no first party news. So if you weren't worrying about Ratchet and Clank sequel, Horizon Zero Dawn sequel, or God of War sequel, uh, Gran Turismo, none of that. Uh, none of that was at this state of play. Which well, Gran Turismo me, got delayed. Oh, did oh right? Did it? Did it get delayed? Okay, I mean, jeez, uh, yeah, that game is like that's. That I mean, it's a Gran Turismo game. I never expect them to release on time, right? <laughs> I know, but like it's it's weird to me because Gran Turismo is like. To me personally, as a person who likes nominally, I mean not Gran Turismo specifically, but as a person who's nominally interested in racing games, Gran Turismo feels like 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 one of the big ones, right? Like Gran Turismo is one of those. I remember when I was a kid having like a PS2 meant that you could play Gran Turismo on it, right? Like it was it was a big deal back then. Uh, but you know, like it's been weird to not have a Gran Turismo release. It's weird to not have a really competitive racing market. I feel like we talk about it all the time, but like truthfully, so it's like we don't. I, I we don't talk about Forza being good because like we think it's amazing. I think me and you mostly talk about it being good because what what the fuck else are you gonna play, right? Like, well, what else is there to play if you want a racing game like that? I think there's a there's a mark there's a like a, the mark the niche of like not not like hardcore racing sims, but also not completely arcadey racing sims. So Forza Horizon. Four and three, like sort of straddle, like that in between space, where it's where it's not too much like a full on racing skim, uh, sim, like you know, like something like a Saturn Corsa, uh, or like those hardcore like the games that are on PC, right? Like the, those those really hardcore sims. 
but like it's not like a fully arcadey sim like uh fully arcadey game like burnout right like burnout paradise so like there's like an in between space that's not being there's only for summarizing in there and nothing else um i suppose you could count need for speed in there if you really wanted to but i don't uh so yeah it's 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 a it's a niche that i think it's one of those things that publishers think are, isn't gonna sell but they if, if they decide to come back to it they'll realize that you know there is still people who want to play these games so yeah so that's the sony event as uh that's, that's that's not that's not much it's not it's not it's not got much going on uh the last thing uh, our favorite we talk about a favorite publisher you know uh nintendo yeah there's a pokemon uh, direct <laughs> a pokemon direct i mean it's what it basically was well we i mean we did also have that earlier direct in the week but um tldr is you should play skyward sword when it comes out because i feel like it without motion controls would be good now that, like I actually forgot that the actual direct happened. So now that you brought it up, I feel like we gotta mention it a little bit. Uh no, there was a new Smash character. Uh it's some um, Fire Xenoblade Emblem. Xenoblade Chronicles 2? Oh no, not Fire Emblem, it's a Xenoblade Chronicles character. I, I like I, I don't really care, but like people get really mad about Smash characters, uh, for some reason. May I mean Sakurai should put himself in the Smash. I think ultimately that that's what it is. Listen, listen, if the last Smash character, if he's just not like, hey, I put everyone else's character, now it's time to put my character in. I'd just be like... Yeah, my OC. What's Sakurai's OC? <laughs> oh my god, it's just gonna be Sakurai's- like... It's- this fucking Miku. It's gonna be like oh some my. Sakurai Miku shit, and I'm here for it, truthfully. Sure, sure. Uh, there was uh, the Skyward Sword Remaster, uh, right? Um, Skyward Sword was... A very bad Zelda game, just gonna say it outright. Skyward Sword is not great. I, I I had never played it, so and also it was from the era of Nintendo where they really were fully into motion controls, which I we I don't want to talk about that right now because it's a whole topic by itself. Uh but but yeah, I'm not like I'm I'm like I don't the, the, this is the reason I forgot about it, is nothing in that specific direct. Well Splatoon three. I thought you liked Splatoon two, didn't you? Splatoon Okay. It's fine. Like I, I'm not like I'm not really into any of the Nintendo franchises, the Splatoon included. Like it's fine that there's a new Splatoon game coming out. I'll 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 probably check it out. I'm I'm like I'm I'm not very hot on Nintendo games right now. So it's like I I, I don't know, none of these like really catch my interest anymore. Uh it's fine. Splatoon three, sure. Uh, no, no news about Metroid, right? You, I don't think there was any news about Metroid. Listen, listen. All I want is for Metroid Prime trilogy to come out so you can play them because I, I genuinely think Metroid Prime. I don't want to hype it up too much, right? Because they're not like the best games, but I think Metroid games are the kind of games you would appreciate. It's surprising to me they've been remaking all these other games, but they don't remake Metroid. Like that's uh, seems like Metroid is a big enough franchise. Maybe not. Although speaking about price gouging, I think before we hop on to Pokemon, because that also is price gouging. Do you know that Skyward Sword HD sixty bucks on the Switch, forty bucks right now on the Wii U for the remaster for the Wii U, I think, and then like twenty bucks on the Wii Shop. I'm not surprised. Like this is this is this is the, this is the same thing that Square Enix is doing, right? This is just the Disney shit. Like this is just the Nintendo. Like this is just re-release these things at full price because people are going to buy them. Like straight up. Like the, the reason that they're doing this is people will buy them. Like it's that's the, like people are willing to pay sixty dollars to relive their memories of playing Skyward Sword again. So like that's that's the, that's what's happening. Like 
and, and to be fair, a lot I mean, to a lot of people, Skyward Sword is a new game. Like a lot of people have not played because they did not have a Wii U. Well, Wii, or they didn't get it on the original Wii. Yeah, I think I only sold a couple million relative to like the hundreds of millions the Wii sold. Yes, yeah, so I would imagine a lot of people are new to Skyward Sword and they're going to play this game for the first time. Yeah, it doesn't excuse the price gouging, but it is it is a it is a thing. Like sixty dollars is like, come on, bro. You just just like, what are you doing? You're just removing. You're just like rejiggering the controls a little bit. Like, what are you what are you actually doing? Watch watch when this game comes out. Is you be running an emulator like how that Mario Collection did? <sighs> it's going to have weird bugs that emulators have. Uh, that's going to be great. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about Pokemon, I guess. Uh, Pokemon Direct happened, but there was... So you are excited for this, I guess. The Switch remakes of DS-era Pokemon Diamond and Pokemon Pearl. Yeah, I think, I think we'll, start, we'll start with the remakes, and we'll go, we'll go into Breath of the Wild. Yeah, we'll start with, we'll start with those. So, so how... like. Like, why do you like Diamond and Pearl? Is it just like nostalgia, or is it like, is it just like, like, though you play those games, so you want to like replay them? Um, I, I I think it's mostly nostalgia because Diamond and Pearl were like, you know, there's like an era when you're a kid, right, where it's like you, like around the time you start becoming like a like a preteen to like an actual teenager, right, where you start becoming more aware of like what's going on instead of vibing all the time. So that's like Diamond and Pearl and Platinum were like the first games I played when I was like more ac- more aware, right. And, like, I can remember it better than, say, like, some of the earlier games that I had played. But the thing is, right, these ports, they're, they look basic. They're not being done by Game Freak, but done by another studio. It has this chibi art style that I'm not sure works. The frame rate does not look that great. You know, I, I hope the music's good, but I'm very curious about if these ports will be faithful or if they're going to be good or not, given Pokemon Company's track record if they're Switch ports already. I'm not very excited about it, and I've already put it in my pre-order. <laughs> so uh, we should mention that they're not being developed by Game Freak themselves. This is this these uh, remakes are going to be outsourced to uh, Ilka Inc., which made Pokemon Home. I don't know what Pokemon Home is actually. Uh, is that Pokemon Home? Was the Depends on which home we're talking about. The one I'm thinking of is it's the Pokemon Box Service. So you can move games from Pokemon from your 3DS games into your Switch or other versions. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a cloud service for the uh, data Switch and mob, like mobile devices. So like iOS and Android, uh, like you can move stuff around. Uh, but yeah, it's the Pokemon Box thing. So that's the company that's going to be that's going to be making the. Uh, they're calling it Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Uh, I guess sure. Uh, I mean, I like Pokemon is one of the, one of those series that it's it's just like wild to me how much of a thing it is, right? Like it's it's because as an outsider to this series, like I've never particularly been into Pokemon, even as even as a preteen and a child. Like Pokemon, I know Pokemon happened because it everybody else was into it, but I was just like, yeah, it's it's sure. Like it never really quite hit me, like the Pokemon sort of craze that happened uh, when Pokemon first started, like becoming a thing, like the whole the Pikachu thing. Like it, it, it just never really uh, got to me. But it's it's cool to, I guess, see this. The new games. There was uh, one game announced that was new, right? Like that's the only one that's new. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pokemon Breath of the Wild. This is your jam. Okay, so Pokemon Legends are key, are. 
how do you say it? Arceus? Ar- Arceus. Ar- Arceus? Ar- I don't know how to pronounce that name. If anybody knows, let me hear. Okay. Uh, so Book of Legends, Arceus uh, is an open world uh, Pokemon game uh, developed by Game Freak. Um, it looks more action oriented from, from the uh, screenshots we see, right? Uh, it looks like uh, it it kind of looks it looked like if Animal Crossing was like an open world game uh, to me personally. Uh, but like also, I think people are comparing it to Breath of the Wild just because of the like sort of like wide open feels aesthetic thing going on. But like really, like it just looks like an open world game like any other, not particularly I don't think it's the the reason they say it looks like Breath of the Wild is because the opening shot in the trailer is the exact same opening shot from the one of the first Breath of the Wild reveals. Yeah, they just I mean that's that's I mean that's just blatant like you, you remember Breath of the Wild. Like that's just like the devout, like that's just smart marketing on the part of the whoever made that trailer, I guess. Uh is that you know, you know, just have a callback to a game that people know about, which is Breath of the Wild. And I do like, and this is where we get into the thing where I don't think it's gonna be as good as Breath of the Wild was. And I have a lot of criticisms on Breath of the Wild, but I don't know if Game Freak has the required design expertise to make an open world game work. Like, their niche has been these very linear, um, Pokemon games, right? Even Sword and Shield is like, it has some open world elements to it, but like, it's still mostly like the same old formula, right? Like, they, they haven't like deviated much from the original formula, right? Like, it it feels just, it, it, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off, is what I'm saying. Like, it sure, like, screenshots look like Breath of the Wild, but like, Breath of the Wild is more than just that opening screenshot, right? Like, the, there's a whole gameplay loop that I don't know if Game, game Freak is going to be able to and as well, Game Freak hasn't like even told us what you do in this game. All we saw are people walk around catch Pokemon, but like I don't know what else to even do. In yeah, it. like what do you do? Yeah, that's that's a good point. We don't have we don't actually know, right? Like so we I'm I would I would be like like I I, I just I just want to wait. Also, I know it's like I know like Nintendo people don't care about graphics, bro. But like I like it just looks like a PS2 game to me. Like I I I, I like at those those grass graphics bro i it, it, i don't know if nintendo has heard of a new hot tech called anti-aliasing uh, so i think the way to put it is my enthusiasm for this game is as as shaky as the frame rate in this trailer i like i know nintendo people like like i like graphics are not the end all be all of, of video games obviously but bro like i it's it's a little it looks a little rough around the edges and i mean literally it looks like there's jaggies everywhere Especially um, when it's going to be coming out, I would say early next year. I think. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna come out like twenty twenty two, early twenty twenty two, according to the announcement. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, sure. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not. That's fine. We'll see. I guess I'm 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 curious what Game Freak can actually do in a different video game, mo- like design, like model. Like I'm I'm curious to see if they can actually put like that would be interesting to see. Like if if Game Freak can actually pivot properly, like that would be actually a pretty cool thing to see. Is if Game Freak can actually be a studio that can make games that are different from the original mold of the Pokemon game. I mean, let's be real though. This you know for a fact, this game is going to probably turn out to be some kind of Pokemon as a service thing, right? 
I feel like that's where Game Freak, if they're going to pivot anywhere, right? They would probably pivot to Pokemon games being live service shit because it makes so much sense. You can get so much money out of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Pokemon Go has proven that there is an interest in that sort of model, right? Like, so, uh, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's Pokemon. Uh, do we want to do the Android? Uh, we were gonna do the Android news, but I feel like. We've got an, a nearly an hour at this point. Do you want to like wrap this up? I think I think it's time wrapped up. Basically, with Android, like the TLDR of it is, Android twelve developer preview came out. There's some dev changes, but at the same time, like this, there's no. This is only the first preview, so it might be worth waiting until we get a little more towards Google I/O, right, where they announce the full feature set to go there. We're gonna laugh at Wear OS, but you know, like that's like sure, whatever. Wear OS still sucks. Who like who who's surprised? Uh, so let's let's wrap this up. Um, as always, show notes to shadesofbrown.com. You can find, uh, there's, there's a contact address, right? Contact at shadesofbrown.com. Let us know how you're feeling about, uh, Anthem being, if you, anybody cares about Anthem anymore. If you excited for Dragon Age 4 or the Mass Effect uh, remix, I know there's probably some Mass Effect fans in our listener base, probably. Uh, we did not talk about the PS5 storage expansion. I think we completely forgot about that. That's fine. Well, basically, the TLDR to that is they're going to basically, we're just going to make a joke about Sony turning the fans higher because they need to cool their machine now if you're putting storage in there. And basically, reviews saying the PS5 being quiet at launch probably won't be true come, you know, later on this year when they start changing fan curves. Um, so for the, for the news is that PS5 storage expansion in the form of PCIe 4. Uh, PCIe 4.0 M2 drives is uh, supposed to be coming this summer. So if you have a PS5 and you are looking to expand its storage, hold on a few more months, uh, I guess, before you can you can start buying these uh, M2 SSDs. Uh, and yeah, yeah, the fan thing is going to be real because it turns out these things uh, generate heat. Uh, they need to be cooled. So uh, turns out you need to turn up the fans a little bit. Uh, that's 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 all that is. So yeah, uh, sh- uh, contact at Two Shades of Brown. Uh, let us know about how excited you are to put a M2 SSD in your PS5. Uh, how excited you are for Pokemon stuff. Um, yeah, and uh, you can find me on at Packet Cat at ten four dot social on Mastodon, uh, SonicSafe dot com uh, as my website. And Trisa, where do people find you on the World Wide Web? So it didn't make it into the show, but so Destiny had a big state of the game this week. And the sort of TLDR is that they're delaying their expansion until next year. They're going to move to an early year model for release instead of, you know, the holiday season. And basically, all I got to say on that is, as usual, I, I can never judge a Bungie content decision because I don't know if, you know, it's bad management or no crunch. So I'm tempted. I'm tentatively hopeful that we might get better expansions out that give their teams more times to work on it. But you know, it's always, that's always the story with destiny outside of that though. They did do some other changes, walk back some things, made some PVP tweaks and I'm hopeful again, but if there's one thing Bungie loves to do. It's disappoint me. <laughs> but, um, outside of that, y'all can find me online at chose to find out website. All right. And with that, goodbye. Bye. <laughs>